0: Hello, hello, everyone. This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and I'm the Daniel and the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights, and it's an honor to be here today with you. So much to cover, so much to say, so let's jump right in. Today's show is entitled, American Pandemics. American Pandemics, yes, plural, American Pandemics are huge and they're threatening us. I'm pumped up today to tell you my version of American Pandemics, and I hope to convince you that these threatening pandemics are worthy of your attention. To date, we've been constrained and consumed by one issue we'd all agree with, is a pandemic in America. That being, of course, the Chinese Wuhan virus that causes COVID-19. The term pandemic has always referred to a worldwide disease. Diseases affecting just one country are referred to as endemics or epidemics. But America is of sufficient size that even if COVID-19 were only in America, I believe we could reasonably conclude that it's a pandemic and not just an epidemic. Why? Because it's an epidemic here, it surely will eventually affect the world and become a pandemic. What happens in America always impacts the rest of the world. This isn't arrogance. It's just that until recently, it's become an unfortunate negative fact. Today, I'm here to tell you we have more than one raging pandemic going on in America. Most of these American pandemics and the ones I'm going to tell you about today are self-inflicted political and ideological in nature, but nonetheless, they're devastating America as surely as COVID-19. No, these political and ideological pandemics aren't murdering people like the Chinese Wuhan virus, but like many of the long-lasting after-effects of COVID-19, these pandemics are harming millions of us. These American pandemics will surely have Devastating effects on who and what America is in the immediate future, and long-lasting effects after you and I are gone. I'm going to name five movements that I believe have become raging American pandemics. I mean, these five are evil pandemics in every pejorative sense of a pandemic. These pandemics are killing our America as surely as any other named pandemic. Yes, there are far more than these five, but I'll stick with naming these five today and speak in some detail about two of them. I'll be returning to these five and add others to them in the coming weeks. I hope to convince you to think about the issues undergirding these pandemics as if they're real pandemics, because the consequences of these happenings are as real as the nose on your face. Of course, that's assuming you haven't had plastic surgery on your nose. COVID-19 by definition is a pandemic, but how we've handled it, or should I say how characters like Dr. Anthony Fauci has handled it here in America, is a pandemic all its own. I'll come back to COVID-19 next week. I'm going to prosecute the case against COVID-19 stemming from a natural zoonotic jump from an animal host to humans. I'm going to argue for a bat-made and laboratory-manipulated highly contagious and lethal coronavirus pathogen released by accident from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. The circumstantial evidence for the laboratory leak is truly overwhelming. But let's get started today on naming my five ideologically and politically created American pandemics. The first American pandemic is reverse racism or call it reverse racial discrimination or anti-white racism This form of racism comes from the scourge of critical race theory indoctrination. Also renewed efforts toward affirmative action or called positive discrimination. How about diversity indoctrination, equity policies, anti-white privilege policies, and Marxist organizations like Black Lives Matter. Remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wanted each of his daughters to be judged by the content of their individual their individual characters, not by whether they were a member of a racial group, but as individual Americans. Again, not on the character of a racial group, but as a individual member of the human race, and an individual American, and not as a member of black Americans. Identity politics is a Marxist concept, not a Democrat-inspired notion. Marxists don't recognize individuals, they only speak as groups. It's always us versus them with Marxists. Individuals have no standing with American Marxists. The second American pandemic is defunding or abolishing the police. This includes decriminalization of crimes like theft, assault and battery, abolishing bail, and closing jails and prisons. Why? Because they're allegedly racist institutions. All this stemming from reverse racism as promoted by progressive radical Democrats, who certainly appear to be today's American Marxists. The third American pandemic is the threat by American Marxists to abolish the Second Amendment and confiscate all guns in America. Democrats claim this is their issue, but it's really an American Marxist idea. You can't control a population if they're armed ask the Venezuelans what happened when their guns were confiscated by their central government. The fourth American pandemic is the wholesale promotion of transgenderism especially aimed at our children. I do think there is such a malady called gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is a clinically significant distress or impairment related to a strong desire to be of another gender which may include desire to change primary and or secondary sex characteristics. Not all transgender or gender diverse people experience dysphoria. Listen, some people think they're different animals. As far as I'm concerned, adults can do or be who and whatever they want to. They're welcome to mess with nature as long as it's within American law. Adults that wish to undergo sex reassignment surgery is their decision, and that's fine by me. But when this community pushes and promotes their ideas to five, six, seven, and eight-year-olds and starts down a path to gender reassignment at these ages or kids in their early teens, be it hormones, surgery, or the encouragement to cross-dress, then I definitely think this has become an American pandemic and this nonsense is more prevalent than you may think. The fifth American pandemic is unbridled, illegal, alien immigration. I consider each of these pandemics to be evil, antithetical, and dangerous to America's very heart and soul. Yes, these pandemics are interrelated and capable, if not stopped by us, to inalterably change America into an unrecognizable monstrosity and something we'd never wish upon our children, and certainly not our grandchildren. The often quoted Edmund Burke said, The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people, like you and I, to do nothing. So let me speak out against illegal alien immigration. But first let me stop here and declare I'm very pro-immigration. I'm pro-legal immigration. After all, my family came from Poland in the 1920s and 30s and legally entered the United States with every intention of becoming American citizens. My ancestors had an unswerving desire to become totally Americanized and they quickly assimilated into American culture, even at the sacrifice of their ethnicity. They willingly entered the American melting pot Believing that in America, you can become anything you put your mind to and hard work into. Americans grant citizenship to a million, yes, a million, green card holder foreigners every year. I'm so fed up with hearing the left's excuse for illegal immigration. They say, after all, we're all immigrants. America is a nation of immigrants. Hello? Every nation on earth is a nation of immigrants. The Lord didn't populate the world by creating nations and then filling them with aboriginals. We all came from Africa. Every human alive today has an African immigrant ancestor. But unbridled illegal immigration and wholesale cross-border migrant crime is different. It's an American pandemic and is having huge impacts on neighborhoods, schools, cities, and American pocketbooks. Not to mention the loss of our national sovereignty and security. You've heard Ronald Reagan say a nation that cannot control its borders is not a nation. Given our current immigration flow, why don't we just relocate our border to the Panama-Colombian borderline? On average, our border patrol apprehends 170,000 illegal aliens each month attempting to cross our southern border. Now most of these immigrants come from countries north of the Panamanian-Colombian border and they're allowed to claim asylum and enter the country as refugees. But now we have migrants crossing from 160 different countries. The U.S. Border and Customs Patrol tells us another 50,000 to 60,000 alien migrants each month enter the U.S. but aren't apprehended because of lack of critical manpower. Note that the US law deems a refugee as an alien who has experienced persecution or has a well-documented fear of persecution because of their race, religion, nationality, membership in a particular social group, or their political opinion. Fleeing poverty is not grounds for asylum. Fleeing economic hardship is not grounds for asylum in America or any other nation. Fleeing alleged climate change is not grounds for asylum in America or in any other nation either. Under this definition, which is the United Nations definition of refugee as well, the only true asylum seekers recently crossing our border are most likely those from Venezuela and perhaps Cuba. But apparently, Joe Biden doesn't care about anyone's refugee definition accept his own distorted ideological and political view and the rest of us be damned. Frustratingly, maddeningly, Joe Biden's policies leave us powerless to stop this escalating flow of aliens. The Biden administration and the progressive Democrats, also known today as American Marxists, have used the president's ability to issue executive orders allowing this travesty of wholesale human importation. Our only hope of stopping this travesty is to retake the Congress in such numbers that conservatives would have a veto-proof majority in both the House and the Senate. And while I'm optimistic about the 2022 elections, I'm also a realist. So far, under the Biden administration, we'll soon be at one million aliens shepherded into America by a far-left president who claims at his inauguration to be a national uniter. Well, little did we know he was going to invite the rest of the world to come live in America at taxpayer expense. Congressman Byron Donald from Florida recently appeared on the Laura Ingram Show and had this to say about the border.
1: Listen, this is a complete and utter disaster on our southern border. Our border patrol men and women are completely overwhelmed. They've basically been turned into a medical triage unit. They're triaging medical conditions and they're releasing people into
0: the United States. Let's face it we must ask, what are we getting ourselves into? These migrants have truly little education, very few employable skills other than manual labor, they don't speak English, they come with dependent children, and we have little information as to their health care histories or criminal records. To top this off, we're in custody of thousands upon thousands of unaccompanied alien children. This has never happened before. Have we become an international foster care agency? This isn't my opinion. It's cold hard reality. We have millions of Americans who are being told their careers in the fossil fuel industry are coming to an end. An abrupt end in some cases. These Americans should have first call on federal funds for new career training and education. Not those streaming across the border. But aliens are being offered free education at all levels including college. Nevertheless, these migrants, every one of them coming through customs ports, are claiming asylum. Yet we release them into the country and support them while they await their asylum hearings. Our backlog of asylum court hearings is approaching two million cases. The Biden administration refuses to hire more judges to hear these cases. Instead, Biden is putting his efforts into granting them asylum and putting them on an accelerated path to citizenship. Biden is already tampering with our current immigration laws. Breitbart News just reported this, quote, President Joe Biden's radical appointee to the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division is smashing another legal hole in the nation's immigration law. With a June 16th decision offering citizenship to migrants who claim they're fleeing spousal abuse or local crime, end quote. Really? Just claim you're a victim of spousal abuse or you've been victimized by local in-country crime and you're on your way to near-immediate citizenship. Gene Hamilton, the vice president at the America First legal nonprofit law firm and a former top official in Trump's Justice Department, responded by saying, quote, today's decision will lead to tens of thousands of meritless asylum claims, if not hundreds of thousands, in the months and years ahead, End quote. Here are Congressman Brian Donald's thoughts about this program.
1: You take this new policy in with the people who have already been turned down or turned away you're going to completely overwhelm whatever semblance of border security exists.
0: We already know that less than 15% of asylum claimants appear for their court hearing. Less than 10% of those who do appear are granted asylum. Those not receiving asylum are told to voluntarily leave the country. Fewer than 5% do. The Biden administration has ordered the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency also known as ICE, to stand down. They're not to arrest or deport migrants denied asylum. The entire immigration charade is a criminal joke. It's a joke on us, a joke on taxpaying American citizens. In fact, it has just taken another step toward maddening. For instance, Breitbart News also just announced that President Joe Biden is allowing Central American economic migrants with pending asylum claims, not just approved claims, but pending claims, to have the State Department fly their families on the American taxpayer dime to live with them in the U.S. while they await their asylum hearings, which are likely years away. The Los Angeles Times reported earlier this week these changes could boost the number of Salvadoran, Guatemalan, and Honduran children joining their families in the U.S., from several hundred to tens of thousands. More chain migration? More gaming the system? Who benefits? Tell me again that this insane effort to pull millions upon millions of aliens into the country isn't an American pandemic. Frankly, I'm blown away that we haven't exploded in public outcry over this insane, yet very concerted, deliberate program. Just this week, Republican House members grilled Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas why more than $2 billion had been moved from COVID congressionally mandated funds to his department to relocate thousands upon thousands of immigrants across America. So I ask you, what's the American problem for which massive southern border illegal alien immigration is the solution. Again, what's our problem for which unskilled, undereducated, non-English speaking aliens with dependents and with questionable health and criminal backgrounds are the solution? This is a very simple equation. Problem, solution. How How does this equation work? The problem, according to American Marxists, also known as radical progressive Democrats, is that America is too white Did you hear that? America is too white." I can hear you saying, Daniel, you must have fallen and banged your head. And banged it hard. Really hard. No, no, honestly, I'm telling you straight up. I've thought long and hard about this subject, and I've listened and read extensively to all the arguments. And so I ask you, what other conclusion can you arrive at? Compassion? I ask for whom? Humanitarian reasons? Really? What are they? Family reunification? Chain migration, in other words? Why not everybody who has a relative overseas gets to bring them to America and see them become citizens? What about merit? What about encouraging immigration from those who bring a unique and in-demand skill or knowledge to America? Honestly, how many more people do we need to do degrading menial manual labor? Are we that elite that we have to import toilet bowl cleaners and people to cut our lawns? There are billions, yes, billions of non-white citizens of the world who are living in the same conditions and under worse governments than the migrants currently crossing our border. So are we wide open to everyone, even those who detest us but are willing to come for the free stuff? How many acts of blind humanitarianism can we afford? Is it 5 million? Is it 20 million? Is it 50 million? I can't find anyone to answer that question. Ask yourself this question If these were white people from Poland, Russia, or the Ukraine streaming across the border, would the Radical Democrats and Joe Biden maintain their wide open border position? Or would that border door slam shut with such velocity that you feel the border's warm breeze in North Dakota? By the way, don't Poles, Italians, Germans, Iraqis, Russians, and Ukrainians living in these foreign countries, don't they have relatives in the U.S.? Why aren't we flying their relatives here free of charge? At our expense, of course. Don't tell me Biden is importing immigrants for the benefit of of hundreds of thousands of American taxpayers who are already paying 135 billion dollars each and every year for the free education, free health care, free shelter, transportation, food stamps and assorted other fully paid services for millions of undocumented aliens living in America. And yes, 135 billion dollars a year those are old numbers It's not like we don't already donate to charities of our choice. But Biden's alien migrant charity, that's not optional. If you're paying city, county, state, and or federal taxes, you're an unwilling donor to Joe Biden's immigration charity. How long do you think it will be before the Marxist progressives in Congress write a new tax bill to pay for this ever-increasing immigration of people largely dependent on the federal and state governments for their living? How long will states put up with the massive expense of unchecked immigration? So is it Joe's and the official Democrat Party's goal to import these undocumented future Democrats to help turn red states and or purple states democratic blue? Well, that might be their goal, but it isn't the goal of American Marxists. And I'll come back to that in a minute. Joe can't be keeping the border open so our supply of illegal and deadly drugs isn't interrupted keeping the border supply of drugs rolling isn't helping the hundreds of thousands of Americans dying each year of drug addictions. 90,000 of them died in 2019 of drug overdoses and an estimated 110,000 in 2020. Here's a fact. 21 Floridians die each and every day from an opiate overdose. By this time, doesn't every American know someone who has or is currently struggling with life-crushing substance addiction. But deadly drugs are streaming across our southern border every day, and I don't think Joe gives a damn. Much of the deadliest drugs are coming from China via Mexico. Yes, these Chinese are killing Americans slowly with viruses and drugs, but don't expect Joe Biden to do anything about either. China owns Biden's politics and likely his soul. Joe can't be keeping the border open so that border agents have something to do. These border agents are swamped trying to find temporary shelter for some 22,000 unaccompanied alien children who somehow didn't hear the Secretary of Homeland Security say, the border is closed, don't come. It can't be for the migrants who are paying cartels tens of millions of dollars each week for passage to and across our border. The Border and Custom Patrol agents estimate that cartels are making $25 million a week, a week, in trafficking migrants across Mexico to and across our border. Nice to know Mexico has a growing service economy. No one gets to and across our border without a Mexican cartel escort. No one. So the cartels are getting filthy rich. What do we get? We get millions of aliens that go immediately on taxpayer-funded public welfare. Why do American Marxists want to welcome as many illegal aliens as possible into the United States? It can't be for the betterment of these immigrants. Why do I say this? Because the baggage these migrants come with is not in our or their best interest. Baggage, you say? Yeah, many of these migrants have made a bargain with the devil represented by a coyote working for one of several Mexican cartels. And once they've signed, there's no backing out. Yes, hundreds of thousands of migrants living in the U.S. are indentured to the cartels until they pay off their transportation and other debts. And who knows what they're willing to do to satisfy that debt. Our open border policy can't be for the children sold into the sex trade in America or the women forced into prostitution. This is called human trafficking, and our country has become a silent, consenting co-conspirator in this degrading and growing crime trade. The FBI director even said as much in his recent congressional testimony. Here's Congressman Byron Donald again. And by the way, all
1: this is happening while the cartel continues to make billions of dollars trafficking people and fentanyl into the United States every single day. This is a travesty,
0: not just for the southern border, but for the entire country. Say, uh, Joe can't be keeping the border open to feed our insatiable need for cheap farm labor, can he? Ironically, the so-called progressive Democrats are demanding a living wage of at least $15 an hour for all labor. I assume this includes illegal labor as well. Yet, many businesses will knowingly hire illegal immigrant or migrant labor off the books, of course, at wages far below the Democrats' professed $15-an-hour demands. And what about more criminals? While we're allowing 170,000 migrants to enter the country every month, nearly a million so far this federal fiscal year, there are, on average, another fifty to 60,000 that enter unapprehended each month. The Border Patrol sees them crossing over, but can't respond before they disappear into Arizona, California, New Mexico, or the Texas desert, and then on to Chicago, New York, and other places to remain hidden in the shadows of large urban cities. How many of these are Latin gang members like MS-13? You don't believe we capture all of these fellows at the border, do you? How many of these escapees do you think are good, upstanding future U.S. citizens? given that you can walk up to a border agent and surrender and be allowed into the country and even given immediate free benefits, why would anyone choose to secret themselves and enter uncaught? I'm sure you can guess. Well, it's been a fairly vigorous first half. I have so much more to share with you about American pandemics. Let's take a short break and I'll practice my slow, deep breathing exercises. Please you all come back. I'll be here. There's so much more to ponder.
2: Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. AmericaOutloud.com.
0: Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill. From sea to shining sea, you can listen in on iHeartRadio. Our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa, or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all.
3: never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com, and it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together, and we need to support each other. It's time. For you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. Shoptotheright.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans.
0: Greetings and hallucinations, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Before we left on break, I was talking about the unbridled flood of massive migration across our southern border. And yes, I believe it's reached the level of an American pandemic. But let's move along. Here's another head scratcher for you. The Biden administration recently announced it has dismantled a Trump era government agency aimed at helping victims aimed at helping victims of crimes committed by immigrants. Trump created the Victim of Immigration Crime Engagement Office, known by its acronym, VOICE. Trump did this by executive order during his first week in office, January of 2017. Now, Biden is replacing VOICE with a program called Victim's Engagement and Services Line. Pretty catchy title, huh? This focuses on methods for people to report abuse and mistreatment In in immigration detention centers, And it also serves as a notification system for lawyers and others with a vested interest in immigration cases. How wonderful. What a country. In short, Biden is replacing helping victims of immigrant crime with a program to help illegal immigrants who claim they're being abused and to help them get an immigration attorney. As I said, what a country, huh? And yet Joe Biden and his minions lie to us while well, they're opening immigration so wide that it now encompasses our entire southern border. And all while continuing to say, the border is closed, don't come, or don't come now. Neither Joe Biden nor snarky Kamala Harris will acknowledge we have no vaccine to protect us from the thousands of criminals, the drug and human traffickers, and the fraudulent goods smugglers crossing our borders with impunity every day and the cost to Americans is immense but there's another dirty secret about money. Guatemalans who are working legally and illegally in the United States send more than 18 billion dollars back to their families in Guatemala each year. Now international money transfers made by legal and illegal migrant workers who send much of their earnings to their families in their country of origin These money transfers are known as foreign remittances. For most Latin American countries, these foreign remittances are their largest trade income. The sums are even larger for Mexico and other Central and Latin American countries. Mexico earns over $43 billion a year from foreign remittances. The more money Mexicans and Guatemalans earn here, the more money flows back to their respective countries. Now this money finances more immigrants paying cartels to transport them to the United States. So illegal immigration is like a perpetual motion machine. And American citizens are financing the entire operation. Yes, yes, where are the idiots being soaked for this fiasco that's pumping millions of foreign dependents into America? I passionately believe that this massive illegal migration is truly an American pandemic. We pay to support the so-called Biden immigrants in America, and they send most of what they earn here back to their home countries. This money isn't spent here, where it's earned. It leaves America. Moreover, US taxes, in most cases, haven't been paid on illegally cash earned because so much of it is paid off the books, in other words, under the table. The fact that Mexican cartels are also the world's largest illicit narcotic smuggling business and are among the world's largest human and sex traffickers to America that doesn't appear to bother the Biden administration. Just get those future Democrat voters here whatever it takes. But this explanation that Democrats are trying to turn red states like Texas blue is just plain too simple. Some of us believe in a more nuanced and more complicated strategy by the American Marxist in the Biden White House. After all, these are the folks in the shadows pulling all of Joe's Pinocchio strings, let's face it. Those of us that follow immigration believe that Biden's attempting to completely overload all immigration circuits. Why? So he can declare a national humanitarian crisis and demand Congress pass sweeping immigration legislation granting immediate asylum to all undocumented immigrants living in America and put them on an accelerated path to citizenship. Now, this would make approximately 25 to 27 million undocumented aliens living in America voting citizens as soon as 2024. Can you hear this idea in what Congressman Byron Donald's short audio clip is about to tell you?
1: The president and his team are doing this on purpose. This is not a mistake. He doesn't have dementia. It's not that he doesn't know what's going on. He fully knows this is why he won't go to the border. This is why Kamala Harris won't go to the border. They are doing this on purpose because if border security is completely overwhelmed, then they get to come with their next plan, which is to completely wipe
0: out immigration law. American Marxists love the chaos this is creating they see it as adding more dependence on the federal government for a living. Marxists want residents, legal and illegal, to be totally dependent on a federally funded universal guaranteed annual income. This would put the government in charge of just about everything. They believe that more poor dependence helps widen the wealth income gap that economists are always warning us about. The difference between the richest and the poorest among us is widening with each new illegal migrant. After all, we're not importing billionaires and millionaires. Most of these are made right here at home in America. But each new illegal immigrant adds more data to demonstrate that the rich are the oppressor class and the poor, the unfortunate poor, are the oppressed class. And they must be protected by the government. These poor, after all, are people of color. They're victims of white racism and white privilege. The government must step up and take from the rich who have gamed the capitalist white privilege system and redistribute this ill-gotten wealth to the neediest among us. If you don't believe what I'm saying, go take a look at AOC's or any of the other radical Democrats Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram feeds. After you read these tweets and other postings, Come back and tell me they don't sound like American Marxists. Of course, this story of a hero stealing back wealth from the greedy rich and giving it to the poor is nothing short of being a, a tortured Robin Hood story. Take from the rich and give to the poor. What an old story. But instead of Robin Hood, American Marxists want the federal government to play this role. But remember, please, that Robin Hood, that Robin Hood story is based on Robin stealing back from those who came into their wealth by robbing the poor through excessive taxation or outright confiscation of property and goods. American Marxists believe, and they preach, that our capitalist economic system does exactly this. Their evidence? Many large corporations pay little to no income tax on their company's profits. But what a specious claim by American Marxists that our American corporations don't pay taxes. Consumers pay taxes on every product purchased from a company. Company earnings are paid to company employees who pay income tax on their income. Stockholders pay income taxes on their company dividends and stock prices, or they pay capital gains tax. But I digress according to american Marxists, large-scale immigration of people of color is a necessary correction for america's obsession with whiteness and yes i believe reverse racism is an american pandemic i believe there are individual white americans who are racist but you and i know that white america isn't racist so why aren't we mad as hell in speaking out against this evil Why are Americans and corporations afraid to speak out against this racial extortion? Well, because we're all rationally and irrationally afraid of being called racist. No one wants Black Lives Matter to boycott or riot their homes or or places of business. Corporations are afraid to take a stand against this racial extortion. They're scared crazy that their company's stock price will fall with attendant negative publicity that they somehow support racist policies. They fear a racially led boycott, protests, and even riots. And they have to deal with employees who are fearful of being labeled a racist for working for a given company, a company that's not in complete sympathy and compliance with what Black Lives Matter or some other racial group is demanding of them. Instead, they pretend they're enlightened. So they institute diversity departments with sweeping authority to rule on all things racial. This includes submitting to critical race theory training and re-education programs for all employees. They make this a mandatory condition of employment. And even our military under a Joe Biden presidency is being subjected to the same racial poison. So fear is driving this reverse racism. And cancel culture is real. In fact, take a look at how Democrats, especially those power-hungry Democrats, we we all know who they are, how they used fear to get their way during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, Marxists loved it. This was their proof of the concept that fear really works. Fear, 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 and when in doubt, more fear. Afraid not to wear senseless masks and social distance. Afraid not to stay at home and shelter in place. Afraid to go to the beach or exercise outdoors. Afraid to go to the gym or to a restaurant. Afraid not to get vaccinated. Afraid not to wear masks even even after you've been fully vaccinated. Afraid not to have your children mask up every day for school. Afraid not to comply with everything tiny tyrant Dr. Fauci said to do. Afraid that we must vaccinate our children before they're struck by COVID or we're scolded by their schools or their pediatricians. Afraid to say anything on social media about hydroxychloroquine or a possible lab leak theory. Afraid to say we voted for President Trump in the 2020 election. Afraid to say anything in public about your support for Donald Trump. Afraid that even if you've recovered from a confirmed case of COVID-19, you still better comply and get that vaccine shot. Afraid that you might need a booster shot soon. Afraid that if you don't have a vaccine passport, you won't be able to attend college or enter other public events. Afraid not to wipe down your delivered groceries with Clorox wipes. Afraid that COVID-19 will return in the fall because Dr. Fauci says it's possible. Afraid of cancel culture, afraid of being doxxed, afraid of not complying with what we're told to fear. The power of fear is a deeply ingrained emotion. American Marxists look to use fear of being labeled a racist to demand a complete overhaul of all of American society. And yes, this most certainly means a new American constitution and a bigger role for a new, bigger, centralized federal government. Radical race-baiting activists are using critical race theory to indoctrinate our school aged children and, in fact, all Americans, that white people are an oppressor class and they must be called out. This is important because 67% of the nation is still white. If whites were 15% of the country, whites simply wouldn't be relevant. Whites must be humbled and humiliated and must make amends for their past white sins. Sins all the way back to 1619 when the first black slave was allegedly brought to North America. Frankly, I wonder why why start at 1619? What about the Jews who were slaves and indentured servants in Egypt under the pharaohs. Oh, I forgot, American Marxists don't think highly about our Jewish Americans. After reading the social media posts of the squad members, you might even think they're anti-Semites, or at least that appears so. Repeatedly so. I contend that reverse racism is a growing American pandemic. And I'm going to defer talking about reverse racism as an American pandemic until next week. But I'd like to take a moment to highlight a recent event that demonstrates how American Marxists use reverse racism to divide us. They use the fear of being labeled racist as a means toward achieving racial equity. No, not equality under the law. Racial equality under the law was addressed by the civil rights and the voting rights laws of 1964 and 1965. These laws address the social justice for equality under the law for all races, sexes, ages, and religions. I'm talking about how Marxists use the term equity. Let me give you an example of equity. As part of Biden's American Rescue Plan Act, you remember the $1.9 trillion rescue plan that's currently fueling escalating inflation? Well, the Democrats, Remember, no Republicans voted for this law. The Democrats crafted a $3.8 billion farmers' loan relief program as part of the law. Now, the program launched in March as a loan and loan forgiveness program to help financially strapped farmers. By law, 120% of the loans given to farmers or ranchers, and here's the kicker farmers or ranchers who are black, Hispanic, Latino, American Indian, Alaskan Native, Asian American, or Pacific Islander, these loans were to be forgiven completely. Not only that, 120% of the loan was to be forgiven. I mean, have you ever heard of a loan like that? You take a loan out, the principal's 100%, you don't pay any interest on it, and you get an extra 20% on top of that. Wow, what, what a deal. So how does that work? Well, not only do these minority farmers not have to pay back the principal, but they get an extra 20% for just being a minority farmer. Now, the program doesn't even consider the financial status of applicants. It's just their race that counts. Race has sort of become everything today. Why would Democrats do this? Did they think that no one would notice? They did it for equity. They did it because they believed minority farmers had been discriminated in the past in obtaining loans. So instead of ensuring that minority farmers would have an equal opportunity to receive a forgiveness loan, the Biden administration decided they were going to make up for all the alleged past inequities. They believed that the extra money would bring minority farmers up to equity outcomes with white farmers, who had taken advantage of white privilege in the past. But there's zero evidence that the United States Department of Agriculture ever treated any farmer or rancher differently on the basis of race, sex, religion, or any other classification. The Biden administration tried to use an unconstitutional program in an effort to compensate for what they believed but can't prove was systemic racism in the United States Department of Agriculture. By the way, I forgot to mention that uh, white farmers are not eligible for this forgiveness program. That seems fair, right? (laughs) So, what happened? Twelve white farmers and ranchers from nine states who said they were excluded from the program due to their race Filed a lawsuit against the USDA with the help of a conservative firm called the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, also known as Will. They filed this in April. They sued on the basis of racial discrimination. Judge William Griesbach of Wisconsin's Eastern District issued a temporary restraining order against the USDA on June 10th. Judge Griesbach said the race based criteria they're using. At the USDA is a violation of equal rights law. Rick Ensberg, president and general counsel of Will, said The court recognized that the federal government's plan to condition and allocate benefits on the basis of race raises grave constitutional concerns and threatens our clients with irreparable harm. The Biden administration is radically undermining bedrock principles of equality under the law. The Will Group is also representing farmers from Minnesota, South Dakota, Missouri, Iowa, Arkansas, Oregon, and Kentucky. Now here's the kicker. A USDA spokesperson responded with quote, we respectfully disagree with this temporary order and the USDA will continue to forcefully defend our ability to carry out this act of Congress and deliver debt relief to socially disadvantaged borrowers. When the temporary order is lifted, the USDA will be prepared to provide the debt relief authorized by Congress. End quote. Hilarious. Uh, if you're not a white farmer, that is. The USDA's biggest problem is there's no evidence that racially minority farmers were any more socially disadvantaged than white farmers and ranchers. But you see the ideology at work. Who's paying for this racist policy? We, the taxpayers, are paying for it. If we're paying federal taxes, we must be better off than those not paying taxes, so we deserve to have to pay. And yes, it's sick and it will remain so until we speak up and do something about it. Currently, there are 17,000 farmers and ranchers who qualify for this particular program from all 50 states. I mean, who knew there were so many disadvantaged minority farmers and ranchers? I mean, you could laugh out loud, really. Marxism is an evil ideology, and America is developing its own brand of Marxism, and it's becoming its own American pandemic. Have you seen the picture of an American flag with 25 of its 50 stars bunched in the upper left-hand corner of the blue field that's set aside for the white stars? And the other 25 stars are bunched in the bottom right corner of the blue field. That sums it up for me. Blue states to the left, red states to the right. <laughs> Not all Democrats are American Marxists, but the radical Democrats are. And they're in charge of the House and nearly the Senate, and most certainly the White House. Not all Democrats like what's going on with these radical Democrats in Washington. So why are we at each other's throats? Well, I'm about to tell you. I've struggled with how best to describe what I think's going on in America that has set us against each other. Now, thankfully, Dana, one of my darling sisters-in-law, sent me a piece by Sir David Attenborough that highlights the problem. But first, I must say that I'm blessed to be married for 39 years to the eldest of three remarkable sisters. And I'm also blessed to have two wonderful sister-in-laws. I've taken the liberty to paraphrase Sir Attenborough's piece. It starts with, if you collect a 100 black ants and a 100 red fire ants and put them in a glass jar, nothing will happen. But if you violently shake the jar and leave it on the table, the ants will start killing each other. Red fire ants believe that black ants are the enemy while black ants believe that the red ants are the enemy, when the real enemy is the person who shook the jar. Sir Attenborough reminds us that the same is true in society. Blacks versus whites. Conservatives versus American Marxists. Critical race theory versus anti-critical race theory advocates. Social media censorship versus First Amendment freedom of speech advocates. Second Amendment advocates versus anti gun advocates, defund the police advocates versus support the police advocates, a nation under God versus secularism, science versus politics, transgenderism versus natural biology, conservative fiscal hawks versus socialist spendthrifts, abortion advocates versus life advocates, equality under the law versus equity, and the list goes on. Americans more than ever before can find something we're diametrically opposed to. Sir Ettenborough warns us that before we fight each other to death, we better ask ourselves, who the hell shook the jar? Who the heck is shaking it? So we've started our journey exploring American pandemics. We've found there are a lot of jar shakers but it's no longer as simple as Democrats versus Republicans or conservatives versus liberals. In the past we all argued for our own political views and policies but these arguments were never about whether America would fundamentally remain America with liberty and justice for each and every individual American. We never argued whether or not the individual was the fundamental building block of American society. We never argued whether all rights, especially the unalienable rights, were derived from God and were given to each of us as individuals. Equality under the law. I'm alarmed at what's unfolding today in America. There are people we can't see because they're hiding in shadows in the White House. And they're the ones really running the show, not Joe Biden. I believe these are the most important hands on our glass jar today, and they're shaking the hell out of it. And when they're finished shaking it, they plan on breaking it and replacing it with their own jar, a jar none of us would recognize, and once seeing it, we'd be repulsed. I promise to continue following the activities of American Marxists, and I'll pay close attention to our jar. Yes, more American pandemics next week. In closing, I must say I'm truly blessed that Malcolm and his America Out Loud radio network is here for all of us. Please avail yourself of the incredibly informative and valuable shows on this jewel of our First Amendment. Well, our time is coming to an end. So much more to come next week. So much more to say. Lord willing, I will return. I regret I have only one life to give to my fellow conservatives. And I regret I had only one hour to give to this topic. I hope you found American Pandemics informative. Please follow me on Twitter. I do follow back. You can find me at DFB Harvard, Daniel Francis Baranowski, DFB Harvard, all one word. I can't possibly thank you enough. You are so marvelous and so patient with me again today. Let's do talk therapy again next week. Same place, same time. Until then... Cheers and blessings.